So uh, this, this is a famous story about, uh, you know, we three kings of Orient are, um, all those three kings kind of Christmas carols, they were not kings. They had nothing to do with kings. I don't know historically where that ever happened, that mistake, but um, they're actually called wise men. So uh, this is Matthew 2, 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. That's King Herod the Great. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. Now, I want to just talk about the wise men a second. Uh, They're from eastern lands, probably from Babylon or maybe Persia. And the wise men, I mean, when you think today about a wise man, um, I don't know what you think about. That's not really a word we use today. So my Bible has astrologer or um, magi, M-A-G-I, or magi. And um, I think, I've said this before when I preached on this, that it's kind of this weird combination that they had back then where, like, Pharaoh had those uh, magi in his court when Moses, like, threw down the, the staff and it became a serpent, and then the Pharaoh did the same thing. So they had those guys, and um, almost all the, the great courts of the land had them. And they were this combination of magician and scientist, which we don't really have anything like that anymore. So uh, this would be like, Dumbledore or Gandalf mixed with Stephen Hawking. Like, we don't ever put those things together, but that's what these wise men were. They were paid a lot of money. These were really rich, really rich men. It says in Daniel 5.11 that Daniel was the chief of the magicians in Babylon. Now, remember, Daniel was Jewish. He was the chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers. He had the spirit of the gods. Um, And so... Maybe Daniel, because he was so powerful and so well-known and renowned, he might have told um, generation after generation of Magi about this great prophecy, because we know in reading Daniel that he, he saw the Son of Man coming on the clouds, this great king. And so um, it's possible that the Magi heard this from Daniel. And if you go back and read the book of Daniel, the dating is very precise. So they might have learned the date, and they were, they were expecting a star, because Daniel would have told them about the prophecy uh, of the star rising from Judah, which is in Numbers, which is actually, Balaam said that. Balaam was also a Magi. So Balaam makes this prophecy. Daniel knows about that. He tells the Persian or Babylonian Magi, and then they come. And when they came into Jerusalem, it would have been like this big ordeal. Uh, really uh, wealthy people... High, like high-ranking scientists and magicians. And they come in, and everybody in the whole town would know it. So they come and they ask, where is the new, newborn king of the Jews? Which I, I guess, again, they had to have learned that from some Jewish person, which I want to I say is Daniel. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Implying that they also knew that this was going to be some kind of deity. They were probably polytheists, but they thought it was some kind of god. And so they also probably heard from Daniel that this is, the, this is like one like the Son of Man coming on the clouds. So they are there to worship him, and they've brought all their gifts ready to worship him. They're not unprepared. They, it's like when you make a, a get, get a Christmas gift that's very expensive for someone, very thoughtful. You've really planned it out. Um, they had spent probably years preparing these gifts that they, they were going to bring there own special gifts from their land, their native land. So they come to worship him, and it says King Herod. It's kind of ironic that uh, they say, where is the king of the Jews? And they're talking to the king of the Jews. 
And you can imagine Herod not being happy. He's kind of nonplussed by the, the question, where is the king of the Jews? He's like, I'm the king of the Jews. But uh, it says he was deeply disturbed. And if you go down to um, the passage we heard last week from Derek, it says that he was infuriated, so much so that he kills all the children. Um, it says that he was so... Uh, overwhelmed with anger later on that he was outwitted uh, that he sent soldiers to kill all the boys so um, he was deeply disturbed because he he was like I am the king and I can't have another king coming into my life I cannot have another king coming to I'm not going to share my rule with any king which is kind of a thing that I think we ought to think more about with Christmas it is a matter of like coming a king coming into your life and taking over you're being dethroned essentially which is deeply disturbing because it wasn't just that he was disturbed. Uh, it says that everyone in Jerusalem was disturbed, which I don't think that was literally every person because they probably all didn't know, but maybe more like the elite, the chief priests and the scribes who from that point on, they never liked the idea of Jesus. They never liked this Messiah. And so from the very get-go, they're all disturbed. And so Herod, who um, pretends to be devoutly Jewish. He actually was not. Um, we know that. And um, he, he was not really a legitimate king either. He was not of the line of David. But it shows he doesn't know anything about Judaism because he doesn't know the prophecy about where the child is supposed to be born. So it says that he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? So he doesn't know that. And the chief priests And the teachers of religious law, they say, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. And this is from the book of Micah, written 700 years earlier. Amazing right there that 700 years earlier, this prophecy was already beginning to generate this course of events. You can imagine like dominoes falling from like 706 B.C. to this is maybe like 1 B.C., and as soon as, uh, as soon as Micah made that prophecy, it's like dominoes began to fall. And it was going to lead inevitably to this event right here. So, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are you, uh, who are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will shepherd um, my people Israel. So the, the prophecy is that this great king is coming from one of the smallest towns. The, the Magi would not have even heard of Bethlehem. It was not on the map. So it would be like the president of the USA coming from Tarboro or a little tiny town that you may know of. It would be, it would be a big deal if the president came from a little tiny town like that. And for the, the great king of the Jews that they were ready to worship coming from Bethlehem would have been startling. You know, they, the Magi were expecting Jerusalem uh, for sure because they went to Jerusalem. And, and uh, the prophecy says, no, this is going to be a humble king. And so then it says that Herod uh, got rid of all of his counselors he wanted the chief priests and he wanted the teacher of the law out of the room. And he meets alone together with the wise men. And he finds out exactly the moment when the star appeared. I don't know why he asked the chief priests and the, and the scribes to leave. Except that maybe he didn't want them to know about the plot that he was hatching already. Uh, maybe he didn't want them to know how murderous he was. Because as soon as he found out that the star had risen about two years ago... He makes up in his mind uh, this plot. I'm going to kill every child in that town, every male that is two years or below. 
So that, that pretty much tells us that the Magi had been traveling for two years and that Jesus was about two years old when this happened. So this does not happen in the nativity scene should not have wise men. Um, you know, I hate to burst your bubble if you think about the wise men uh, being in the nativity, but they were not. They were there two years later because he's not in a manger. It says he's in a house. And it doesn't call him an infant. It calls him a child. That's a word for a little child. So he was like a two-year-old child. So anyway, Herod calls this meeting, private meeting. Uh, he learns when the star first appeared. And he says, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. Which is really devious. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him. I don't even know if the uh, wise men really believed him, the magi. They probably had some sense this is a very uh, terrible man, a ruthless man. And so we, we, we find out later on they actually don't go back and tell him. Partly because God told him in a dream. But I think they could probably tell he's not really going to that, he's not really going to that child to worship the child. Okay, so then um, this part I don't really like. I was a physics major, and uh, this bothers me. Um, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Ugh. You know, I, don't, I just I don't like stars moving. They, don't, they certainly don't come down and, like, drop down on a certain household in a city. So here's what I think happened. I think probably when it says that the star uh, rose up, it probably means the clouds parted and they saw it again, and they kept moving towards it. You know, the way that sailors, are, they navigate by stars. They were moving towards that star again. I think that's what it, mean that it rose, uh, meant that it rose up. And then um, if you saw, like, the hobbit when the, the moon is out and the, and the clouds part and that light shines right on that keyhole, I think that's what happened with the clouds parted when they got to Bethlehem and the, the light shone right on that house. Because, I mean, Bethlehem probably had, you know, several hundred people in it. And they didn't go, like, knocking door to door and saying, you know, is, this, is, is there a child here that's about two that is the king of the Jews? They needed to find exactly the right house. That would be an awkward, uh, you know, it's hard enough to go door to door and evangelize. Um, so they, they go to the house where the child was. And when they saw the star, uh, when they saw the, the star, they were filled with joy. This is verse 10. And they entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened up their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And I want to just end by thinking about, like, why were they so full of joy, and why, how did they know to worship him? Um, what did they see there in that child? I think about, they, they must have loved their magic. They must have loved uh, their science. They loved looking at the stars. Um, they had all of these things that they absolutely loved, but they realized when they saw that child like that all nature and all the things they love point to this as the fulfillment of everything. And this comes from a prophecy in Isaiah where he says that um, in Isaiah 60, your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you. Camels of Midian and Ephah. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense, and they will come and worship the Lord. And so I think that that is being fulfilled here. 
as the kings of, uh, as these wise men, not kings, bring uh, the precious metals from their own land of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And gold is actually the precious metal for royalty. So they, they knew it was a king. And then um, uh, incense, like frankincense, was what you would uh, offer to a god. They knew he was god. They worshipped him. And then finally, um, if you know anything about myrrh, it was often used as an embalming agent for um, death. And so for whatever reason, they seemed to know that the child was born basically to die. And I don't, again, I don't know how. Maybe Daniel told them about Isaiah 53, but somehow they had this sense that uh, they were already preparing the child for burial. And what we know that they didn't know, hopefully they found out in their lifetime, was that uh, this is why the, the child came. He came to rule, but he came to rule through this meal. And so on the night he was betrayed, that child who grew up to be a man and a king, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. 